Even though Orange Voldemort is trying to ruin our world, I never listen to I Doubt It with Dumbledore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. Welcome one and all, and thank you for joining us this 437th episode of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and I am joined today, as I always am, the lovely, the talented, the scholarly, co-host extraordinaire, and extraordinaire, Brittany Page. Wow. I don't know what's happening. You're, you're really going uh, overboard here. 437 episodes, and I can't pronounce basic words. Mm-hmm. Well, that happens. Remember how the last episode went for me? <laughs> you, uh, uh, what, was the, what was the turn of phrase you Road used? on the show. Road on the show. And then I said something else that was very wrong. <laughs> it happens. It does happen. Forgive us. I'm, uh, I'm having a good morning. You are? Yeah, despite the fact that I'm, my hip is just... A train wreck right now. Yeah, my bad hip, mm-hmm. the one I hurt. Yeah. Um. So I'm in gimp- the Marines. I'm a little gimp. Anyway, I'm gimping around a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but you make me laugh sometimes. Sometimes, only occasionally. No, no, no. I mean, a lot. You make me laugh, but mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes your your little interests that are that wouldn't be something I would ever be into. Mm-hmm. I, I like getting a window into them. Yeah. Like, for instance, you've talked about um, in the past, like reading comment sections of shit where you see crazy hate and vitriol. Yeah. Like on Food Network. Exactly. Facebook posts. Yeah, it's really intense there. But you also, you have a, let's call it a hobby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is sad. Maybe, maybe it's guilty pleasure. I don't know. Yeah. And that is like advice columns. Like Dear Prudy is it's one. It's for sure a... Um, a guilty pleasure, for so, sure. Guilty pleasure being the way I look at it mm-hmm. is something that you you do and you you get some satisfaction or gratification out of it. But, but you wish you would stop. No, well, not necessarily you wish you would stop because you still get the pleasure from it. But it's not something you want to readily just admit to everybody. Yeah, that's kind probably of an embarrassing true. thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a glutton for punishment because I read them and I just get frustrated because most of the time. People can settle the dilemma that they're having by just having an honest conversation. Oh, yeah, you know? for sure. Well, how do I tell my neighbor that I don't like that they're doing this? Well, it's not even that. Sometimes it's like, "Dear Prudy, my husband has really bad breath. What do I do?" Yeah, it's, well, he's your fucking husband. Have a conversation with the guy. Tell him to use some mouthwash. Yeah, buy just say, a- "Hey, your buy- breath. It smells." A little bit and a little poopy. There's a way. Here's a, here's a pack of gum, friend. Yeah, there's a <laughs> there's an easy way to remedy this problem. So, so the the your guilty pleasure notwithstanding, you just read me one just yeah. a few minutes ago. Yeah, <laughs> I think is hilarious. Okay, and I want I want you to share it with the audience. Okay, here it is. This is the question. This is the person that needs advice. My boyfriend believes he's six feet tall. 
I met my boyfriend, David, on Tinder five months ago, and it was a match made in heaven. He's compassionate, attractive, and a bombshell in bed. Recently, at our physical, I learned something. Mm, it's getting ominous. What did she learn <laughs> at the physical? Um, Let's hope he doesn't have the herp derp and he didn't tell her. David is five feet, eight inches tall. On his Tinder profile, he lists himself as six feet. <laughs> On our first date, I asked him if he's really six feet tall. He got agitated and said yes. I feel lied to and betrayed. <laughs> Why is he so insecure about his height? He takes so much pride in being tall, always bragging to our friends and acquaintances, commenting how he won't fit in that car, asking if I need help getting something off the top shelf. When the doctor read off his height, I thought I saw his eyes start to swell up. Now he's attempting to stick his height into every conversation. I have been afraid to bring it up, but this is really bugging me. I see marriage in our future as we're both 40, but he needs to be settled first. So this is a 40-year-old dude mm -hmm. who's five foot eight. Which is just one inch shorter than average. Right, that's right. He's Well, first of all, taking pride in being tall. I'm tall. I'm a tall guy. I think it's weird, and maybe it's because I, I've got it. Maybe that's my privilege or whatever. But, tall privilege? Yeah, I have tall privilege. So You didn't you didn't choose it. You didn't do anything to make yeah, yourself yeah. tall. But, but Is it, that kind of what you're getting at? Well, yeah. I just when I say that it's weird to have pride in being tall, that's that's anathema to me. I don't get that. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I can I want me to get those pickles off the top. You know, whatever the, you know, that's weird. That's, that's a weird thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like he just, he stands around in the kitchen all the time in case someone happens by that yep. he can just. Oh, can I help you with that? Using my tremendous height. <laughs> oh, I heard someone could use some help from really long legs. Do you need some? I'll never fit in that car. <laughs> it's just weird. He but, goes into the store and takes out a uh, blowhorn and announces that he needs extra long jeans. <laughs> Are you going to help me with this? I need extra long, please. He has a custom tall guy megaphone. <laughs> um, I just, it, it's it's one thing, like I know lots of guys that are 5'11 or 5'10 or, or, or who want to say that they're six foot tall. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know why six foot is the mark for mm -hmm. dudes. Yeah. But to be five eight mm -hmm. and say you're you're I mean when you're closer <laughs> to five five than you are six foot tall yeah it's a bold claim because people know what mm -hmm. six foot tall is well apparently this person writing in for advice did not know <laughs> um, because they were very surprised when they learned the truth and they were suspicious at first like but what is she like three foot two I mean I don't know how you can't based on your own height guess how tall the other person would be and and assume that they're lying before <laughs> you need doctor confirmation <laughs> has she never like followed him out of a 7-eleven you know how they've got the yeah. the the ruler on the door, so when thieves run out, robbers run out, they can say how tall they were. Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, is I don't, pretty I, shitty that we have to have that. I don't think that that <laughs> works <laughs> either. Um, but yeah, it, I think I think a lot of it probably comes from you know there's societal standards for beauty with women, and there's also societal standards of attractiveness for men. Hmm. And I think some of that comes along with being 
a tall man. And you see this a lot in like criticisms of Ben Shapiro. Uh, people are no, I always don't like though. I don't like that. People are always tweeting that he's very small, and he'll be photographed with other people, and everyone will be tweeting about how he must be like five foot three or whatever. Um, Some of that I think may stem from him saying he's taller than he is, which you just open yourself up to getting ribbed. And ragged on if you do that. Uh-huh. I don't know that to be the case. I think that's for my memory might be faulty here, but mm-hmm. but I have the greatest memory, Brittany. So yeah, yeah. The, the world's greatest. So, but I just think it's it's. But but what I'm saying is that doesn't need to. I mean, just like the other beauty standards, that's something that probably men, because you said you know a lot of men that are always saying, "Oh, I'm six feet tall," even and though they're not. T- many, many, many. And so that's probably where men want to be is like six feet tall because of society. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm just making wild assumptions here based on nothing. No, um, no, I think I, there's, I think probably some uh, perception of masculinity or whatever that comes yeah. along with being tall. Yeah. But again, the average size, the average height is five, nine. So yeah, yeah, you're right. good. Yeah. You're good. You know? Even if you're five foot two, I know a dude who is five foot three. 115 pounds. Mm-hmm. He's a little guy. Mm-hmm. His name is, I'm not going to say his name, but Lil comes in front of his name, and that's just his name. And he. Like, not on his birth certificate, but that's what people right. call him. Well, I don't think they that, knew. You're like, that's his name. Okay. It's his Lil. That's his <laughs> name. <laughs> and, and anyway, he that's a guy I, I admire. I love this guy, and he's he's not. He's not insecure about He's it. He's not worried at all. At all. About being five And guess what? No one else is either. <laughs> right. So that's what's weird about this is he's kind of fixated on it and thinking like other people care about it. This guy writing um, yeah, yeah. the partner the in, the, in the Dear Prudy. And most people are not concerned with that. And guess what? If a woman is, you, you have a girlfriend that's trying to get you to get over it and wants to yeah. be with you and loves you even though you're trying to act like you're four inches taller and she can clearly see that you're not, you know? (laughs) I don't get it. Well, it's kind of sad. I mean, it is sad. You know, it's funny and sad. Well, if if we're going to go like the serious route, it makes you (laughs) kind of wonder. It does kind of make you wonder what was the moment in his life that whether like junior high or whatever, Mm. and someone made a a little offhand shitty remark about him being short. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to go back and think about any one thing I had to be insecure about, you know, being a a gangly fucking redheaded kid. There was all kinds of shit probably, but nothing, all the insults and all the teasing and all the shit that I had to endure as a kid, it didn't stick. So do you have anything? Of course I do. And I know what you're getting at. (laughs) So, (laughs) well, I mean, aside from being bullied all the time for being flat chested. Um, that was like the worst thing starting in middle school. And, um, I mean, that was like terrible, but I hang on. I think it's weird for a girl in middle school. Well, girls start developing in middle school. Yeah. But if you're, but you know, it's like earlier, it's not even half and half, I would say. So if you're, if you're one of the other half of the, of the girls that didn't develop, what the, what's teasing? I, I don't know. It's it's just weird to me. Yeah, I don't know. But my mom. <laughs> it's like teasing a, a second grader. Hi, you sh- you're short. Yeah. You're young. I mean, yeah, it, it's everybody my age is. 
That's yeah. what it is. I was going to get into how my mom helped me address it, but I'm not sure if we should. Um, Why? We, everybody knows you were raised by wolves. What, what did they do? Well, she just told me to talk about their small penises. Oh, right. That was her <laughs> advice for me. By the way, laser-focused burn that would shut down... I mean, that's going to... Oh, it did not shut you know down. What? Listen, <laughs> you, you, that might be a situation like Mr. 5'8 over here where something was said to him about his height yeah. in, in sixth grade or seventh grade. Yeah. And then that stuck with him forever. You tell a guy about his small dick as a kid, uh-huh. holy, that you might have... You, there might be dozens of dudes walking around yeah. just insecure as all get out about their member. Yeah. Because Brittany Page, young Brittany Page, followed the advice of the, the, the maternal wolf figure... <laughs> And, and and fucked with them. Yeah, I actually did get a message uh, like a year ago from this guy on Facebook that I'm not friends with. And he messaged me like in the middle of the night. So he was obviously having a rough time. And, or he was boozing. And said, you used to um, like bully me and I never understood why. And he's one of the worst ones. He's one of the worst offenders that used oh, to talk really? to me about my flat chest. Huh. And so I wrote him back. I'm like, huh, it's really weird that like your memory is selectively remembering what I said <laughs> and completely forgetting what you've said. You mean you didn't write him back and say, yeah, but how's your small dick? <laughs> no, I did not say that. But I did apologize because I could have handled things better. You know, you're a kid. Um, you can't be responsible. I mean, listen, you can feel bad about it, but don't beat yourself up. I'm not beating myself up. Yeah. Because I, every day I had to hear people talk about how I had no boobs. Like it was very frustrating in front of people, you know, like it was embarrassing. So anyway, um, I also, I thought I had a long neck and, uh, I used to, I used to wear a choker. You were just a fucking wreck. (laughs) Tell me about it. You know, girls, their confidence like decreases substantially from like ages eight to 13. They Hmm. start really struggling with self-esteem. So it's tough out there. So you, you thought you had a long neck, which yeah. you don't. No, I have a long neck, but I have a long body. I'm very tall. Yeah, I have I, long I, well, arms, when I say, long legs. Of course you have a long neck. You're five foot ten. What I'm saying is you you don't have a disproportionately long neck. Someone right. isn't looking at you mm-hmm. and saying, oh, why doesn't that giraffe have stri- uh, <laughs> spots on it or whatever the fuck Well, they we'll have. get there in a second, but... <laughs> Um, I, I used to wear a choker every day to like cut my neck in half so it wouldn't look as long. I thought that that was like the surefire method to really make sure that it didn't look super long. And, uh, the other day at work, I was telling one of my students about, uh, my torticollis that I had, you know, the muscle spasm where I couldn't move my neck. Crick neck. Yeah. And he looked at me and just so genuine, so concerned about why I had torticollis and said, did you get that because you had a really long neck? <laughs> Kids, man. <laughs> and I was dying laughing. And then I came home and told you about it. And you were like, oh, wow, middle school Brittany would have been crushed. Because <laughs> that's true, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I think I think uh, those are the main things that I had insecurities about as a young one. Hmm. But I got over it. <laughs> oh, good times. But you know... Jesse D, no insecurities for Jesse D. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I just no. Of course, no. Of course, I have insecurities, mm-hmm. but I don't know that it was ever physical. Hmm. It was always, am I good enough? Am I smart enough? Um, you know, growing up poor, mm-hmm. money things, yeah, trying to fake it. You know, are my tennis shoes cool? That kind of shit. Yeah. Um. 
but not look when you're redheaded and I, there's all I mean there's all the obvious shit that I just didn't stick I don't know yeah and well, that's I, good and luckily it carried through to adulthood because I get abused like <laughs> nobody's business on the internet and eh, yeah whatever yeah well I I will say I am I am for for the terrible advice that my mom did give me about handling bullies. I feel like I was well equipped to handle it because I I had a policy of of never letting anyone see me cry at mm, school yeah. and ensuring that I appeared as though it wasn't getting to me. And I would get very upset and cry at home, but I never stuffed my bra. I never um, did any of that kind of stuff because I was like, I'm not going to let yeah, them yeah. win. Plus, and- if, if somebody catches wind of that... That's something that'll fucking never go away. Yeah. And then, I mean, of course, it made uh, reflecting on the past a little easier when some of these dudes who used to be the worst offenders, like, tried to hit on me, you know, yeah, when, you when became I was an adult. 18 yeah, yeah. or 19, like, sending me messages about how they apologize and I'm so beautiful now. Or and... new. Yeah. <laughs> Which we talked about a few episodes Right, ago. right, right. Anyway, you know, so people are dicks and they need to stop. That's are, what we're saying. People are dicks. Yes. You know, maybe maybe we've turned a corner on this five foot eight guy and he's he's just a victim of his childhood. <laughs> I think that that might be what happened after all of this. <laughs> Is that where we stand now? I don't know. I would love to know what the audience thinks. And yeah. Maybe we could spark up a conversation about childhood insecurities and things that we've carried with us into adulthood and I, how we deal with them. I think it's an interesting. I mean, this started off as just a basic intro topic as a joke but really it, it you know it's uh it's yeah. interesting because yeah. i think we should be able to we should be right. able to right. use our 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 higher adult brain mm-hmm. to work through that shit and say oh yeah that's irrational mm-hmm. but you know that's not always the way it works so. yeah six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine we would love to hear from you. You can leave a fewer than three-minute voicemail there. You can also email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Let's talk about this. Speaking of that number and those uh, methods to contact the show, we have a little bit of listener feedback from previous episodes. You guys did an entire podcast that involved the Proud Boys and Laura Ingram and White Supremacy. So obviously, your senior incel correspondent had to call in <laughs> and say what's up. What's up, y'all? It's Team Ian. Um, I do, it is, parenthetically, it is very funny that um, I went into choking debt, and so far the only thing that I have uh, gained from a graduate degree is being known to know a lot about men who are unable to have sex. <laughs> um, I thought you did a, a really excellent job all around with this, and I, I particularly like... Well, there are two quick things. I, I would recommend you guys check out um, what happened in Portland with the quote-unquote Patriot Prayer Rally, which are these weird, you know... I don't, know, I don't quite understand what they are. They're Christian, but they're also sort of Aligned with the Proud Boys. I gotta actually look more into it. But, um, you know, thankfully in DC nothing really happened. But in Portland, it was sort of the same thing that always happens where the Proud Boys kind of, uh, threw some punches, 
you know, and then immediately ran behind the police, and the police beat the shit out of uh, the counterpart Astros, and that, that shit is very scary to me. But um, that was an aside. What I really want to say is I love your bit about Laura Ingram because I think that belies a very um, important point about the modern Republican Party, and that the Republican Party is a openly white supremacist party at this time, and not just rhetorically, but strategically. You know, the reason they're talking about demographics, the reason they are making it as hard as possible for black and brown people to vote, to become citizens, is because their entire electoral uh, strategy and longevity depends on keeping America as white as possible, depends on keeping districts as white as possible. You know, I don't have the stats in front of me, but last I looked, the Republican Party has to be like 90% white. Um, so yeah, it's scary, scary-ass times, and they're not, you know, they're kind of choking the, the whistles now, and they're they're simply out and out saying it. Uh, but yeah, good stuff as always. Uh, I hope to talk to you guys soon. All right, cheers. That is at Team Ian on Twitter, one of our... Twitter buddies. I love I love the sentiment that it's nice that I went into choking debt for grad school. <laughs> yeah. In a very serious topic. I think it's like security studies or something for, related to international relations and right. and, and, <laughs> and he's, he's his claim to fame is uh incels. Mhm. <laughs> Yeah, there's many figures within the Republican Party that um, are either running or have been elected that have openly um, expressed racist yeah. thoughts and ideas, and it's it's really scary. And there's been a couple of studies that have come out showing that like racial resentment and white cultural anxiety are motivating support for Trump rather than like concerns over. An economic future. Um, and those things kind of paint a picture of, well, what's the approach to keeping those people afraid so that they continue to support Donald Trump? And then you understand why Laura Ingram and Tucker Carlson do what they do. Um, they have to feed those people so they continue to feel that fear and yeah. that anxiety so that they continue to support Donald Trump and uh, elect people like him so it's really scary and concerning although i will say i'm happy that the unite the right to rally was a complete dud uh that like what was it less than 50 people yeah, showed up like 20 or something yeah and they also didn't show their faces this time they were trying to interview them on camera and they were covering their face and said they didn't want to talk because everyone that came out That's last right. year they lost their jobs their yeah. their names they were the, all their personal information was on the internet. People found them as well as should have been. Yeah, so there were punishment. Um, there was a punishment this year, though. Listen, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get too comfortable about the, the that we've stemmed the tide of the, this movement because a lot of groups, organized groups like with uh, Richard Spencer and these other more well-known figures within white supremacy in America, had they didn't endorse uh, Jason Kessler, whatever the hell his name was this Unite the Right guy. They didn't endorse it. In fact, they instructed their minions to not go. Mm -hmm. So I think it would have been a more resounding success um, had they gone. But And if this movement wasn't like fractured like it is right that's now. That's right. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing I think that it is, it, it goes along with David Duke deleting that tweet 
mm-hmm. uh, the Laura Ingram tweet, and that is they have to be more careful. They they understand the strategy behind this. They understand that it's going to hurt in the midterms if they come out and put on some show of force in the nation's capital for white supremacy. Um, that it's going to galvanize Democratic voters and reasonable, rational people to go to the polls and vote against the interest of the Republican Party, which is now not even secret about its white supremacist machinations. So um, good call. Thanks, Ian. We appreciate it very much. Uh, Next is a response to the two, count them, two voicemails that I played um, of Wayne from the UK. And Mandy has something to say. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Brittany. It's Mandy from Indy, and I was calling in response to 436. I just finished listening to the segment with Wayne's voicemails and um, Jesse's discussion of them. And I just want to take a quick moment to address Wayne's quote. He said that his mind changes when the facts change, and Jesse came back with the facts have never changed, that Alex has always been this person. And where Jesse, you're right. Alex has always been this person who is just terrible and is doing terrible things. The facts of, like, the facts that Wayne has have changed. This kind of goes back to the echo chamber and the info that we receive and the way that we look at things changes when we have new information. So it's not new that Alex is terrible. But this level of depravity is new for Wayne. I hope that makes sense. Um, Also, next level fuck this shit is by far my new favorite phrase. Love you both. Bye. Bye. Yeah, I think that that's what I was trying to say in a very inarticulate way about the line moving and people having different lines. And when we talk about... Um, basically who's in charge of censoring what speech, we all have different lines that that people are going to cross where it's going to be too much and we believe that person should be censored. So for Wayne, it became uh, the attorney wanting the addresses released. And yeah. then that was, that was his line. And your line, Jesse, was before that. Much before that. Way before that, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just about a different place where you draw that line, I think. Again, inarticulate. Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> anyway. Jesus. All right. Well, let's move on. We got a whole bunch of stuff. We waited until this late in the in the afternoon, I guess it is, to 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 go into Dolomocracy because of the White House press briefing, because we wanted to see what went down with that. But before we get there, let's do this. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. So all of the Page Dollamore 2020 stickers that have been ordered have been sent. 
So if you have ordered, you should have received them or they should be on the way. Um, There are still more available. So you can go to dollamore.com and click on sticker shop on the left-hand side there and order your stickers. Uh, You can also go to dollamore.com slash Amazon and shop on Amazon. We get a lot of questions about how to shop on the Amazon app and still support us. And we don't know how to answer that question. So if you know how to answer that question, tell us. Um, but we haven't been able to figure out a way to make that work. The only way that I would even suggest, I guess, would be to type in your browser, dollamore.com slash Amazon, and then it should redirect you maybe opening the app. That's the only way. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Look, it's, uh, it's just another way to support the show. We love you guys. We appreciate everything you do for us relative to keeping the lights on, um, it's and, not, and the air conditioner. And the air conditioner. It's certainly not the most important thing. Uh, the most important thing is is the the community we're building and the conversation that we're we're having. Um, we love you guys. Democracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So as I just mentioned. Sarah Huckabee Sanders just left the White House podium not 15 minutes ago. And the, the the main crux of the questioning was surrounding, and I didn't want to get into this because uh, Omarosa is a liar. She is a cartoonish villain. She takes pride in that, in that image of herself. So she is untrustworthy. However, there are tapes now that she has released of her having recorded John Kelly during the moment that she was fired, Donald Trump subsequent to that, and then the thing we're going to talk about today. Yeah, I kind of just want to add a little, force a little note in here about how we don't care about Omarosa. At all. And we didn't really want to talk about this, but it's relevant to the portion of the press briefing that we want to play. So Omarosa is not a credible person. And yes, Donald Trump is also not a credible person. But the point is, this is just like a ridiculous circus act. I mean, I know the whole thing is a ridiculous circus act, but this is like more so, Yeah, you know, like this ridiculous reality TV show that we have to watch because it's what's actually happening in the government. It's it's also a, a kind of a deal like, um, just because Michael Cohen is now an opponent of the president doesn't mean he's on our side. It doesn't mean he's a good guy now. Same with her. Yeah, I mean, I, the on our side characterization, I don't know why that... Um, well, I mean, in opposition to the president. Yeah, yeah. That... It, just because they are trying to do their own battle with him now, it's not about the good of the country. It's not about the concerns that they have. Right. Because they all of a sudden have those concerns. Omarosa has been advocating for Donald Trump this whole time until five days ago. She was saying that we that all the people who are against Donald Trump are going to have to bow down to him. Right. And then even uh, Michael Cohen, the same thing. Yeah. So these people, no. So he listened to this recording first before we get into this. This is a brief recording. Uh, this is a, a reporter kind of setting it up, what you're getting ready to hear, and then narrating throughout a little bit. And it is important because this is a recording. This isn't just a claim she's making. It's not a he said, she said kind of a deal. 
this is something that happened during the campaign between her and Katrina Pearson and uh, another individual. Um, all three African American women who were work- working on the campaign uh, in the in the mission of, a, of 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 electing Donald Trump to be president of the United States. And Trump campaign advisors yesterday denied any conversations took place, but this new recording given to CBS News by Omarosa contradicts that. CBS has not been able to verify the authenticity of the tape, but it does appear to confirm Omarosa's claims that Trump campaign officials were aware of this tape in which then-candidate Trump used a racial slur, and they talked about how to handle it. It rolled off his mouth, kind of like when you first heard the Access Hollywood tape. During her whirlwind book tour, former White House aide Omarosa Manigault Newman claims to have heard a recording of President Trump using the N-word during his time on The Apprentice. You would never imagine he talked that way. In her new book, Unhinged, Omarosa claims the Trump campaign was aware of the existence of the tape. She describes an October 2016 phone conversation with Lynn Patton, then assistant to Eric Trump, spokesperson Katrina Pearson and campaign communications director Jason Miller, in which they discuss how to deal with the potential fallout from its release. I'm trying to find out at least what context it was used in to help us maybe try to figure out a way to spin it. Patton then described a conversation she had with then-candidate Trump about making the slur. I said, well, sir, can you think of any time that this might have happened? And he said no. Well, that's not true. You know, how do you, so he goes, how do you think I should handle it? And I told him exactly what you just said, Amarosa, which is, well, it depends on what scenario you're talking about. And he said, well, why don't you just go ahead and put it to bed? I he don't know it. what the scandal is. No, he said it. He's embarrassed. Pearson denied the call ever took place during an interview on Fox News Monday night. Katrina cursed and said, he said it. Did that happen? (laughs) No, Ed, that did not happen. It sounds like she's writing a script for a movie. They're just such liars. She's going on national TV, talking to the nation. He reads the quote. Did that happen? Did you say that? Oh, no. This is fantasy. This didn't happen. And then we hear the tape. So this is what gives me pause. This is what makes me think that this is a lot more credible than than I normally would because it's coming from Omarosa, who is a liar. Mm -hmm. She's a liar. Mm -hmm. She is a self-interested to the hilt person. There are things about what she's writing in the book that have been um, addressed by other people. Like she's part of this, this whole discussion. Um, the basic premise of something that she said related to the discussion of this inward tape is that someone heard it from someone else that Frank Luntz, who is that famous pollster who does the focus groups on TV, um, that he heard it from someone that the tape exists. So it's like a game of telephone through all these different people. And right. Frank, Frank Luntz was looped in at some point and he has tweeted that that's not true, that he's never heard anything, um, that he, him being addressed in the book, that, that, that that's not true. Yeah. So there are aspects of this, I think that are still questionable. Um, but yeah, you hear them discussing it on, on this tape and obviously they discussed it. Right. Also, let's say 
that we don't know that they were specifically discussing the use of the N-word. We don't know that. Mm -hmm. It was some slur, some comment that was worth actually having a conversation with the African-American campaign staffers. That, Katrina Pearson said, he's embarrassed about it. Yes. Which would, what would that be? Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. So today, Sarah Huckabee Sanders was asked about this. And I just, I am... You know, it's, again, one of those deals where I'm not surprised by it, but I've never ceased to be amazed at where we are in America, Mm -hmm. where this question is being asked of the press secretary for the president of the United States of America. He's the president. Even with George W. Bush, this wouldn't have been a consideration. There was... You wouldn't have asked this kind of thing Mm -hmm. because there would be no need to ask this sort of thing. Here is the question about Donald Trump and his use or not use. And listen for the answer because it is remarkable. Sarah, have you asked the president if he's ever used the N-word? Uh, the president uh, addressed that question directly via Twitter. I'd refer you back to him. I can certainly say I've never heard him use uh, that term or anything but, but similar. Have you, have you asked him directly, Sarah? Uh, the president, I didn't have to because he addressed it to the American people all at one time. Why have you asked him directly? Uh, again, the president answered that question directly uh, on Twitter earlier today. Can you stand at the podium and guarantee the American people they'll never hear... Donald Trump utter the N-word on a recording in any context? Uh, I can't guarantee uh, anything, but I can tell you that the president addressed this question directly. I can tell you that I've never heard it. Uh, I can also tell you that if myself or the people that are in this building serving this country every single day, doing our very best to help people uh, all across this country and make it better, if at any point we felt uh, that the president was who some of his his critics claim him to be, we certainly wouldn't be here. Mm. <laughs> that doesn't seem true. I think that last line is not going to be one that she's happy about saying in the coming months. But I also think Donald Trump is not going to be happy with her answer here because they said, can you stand behind the podium and guarantee that that Donald Trump is not on tape saying the N-word? Can you stand at the podium and guarantee the American people they'll never hear Donald Trump utter the N-word on a recording in any context? Uh, I can't guarantee uh, anything. And she can't guarantee anything. I don't think Donald Trump's going to like that. That, listen, this is... But it is the most honest moment. It is a remarkable (laughs) moment in American history. Mm -hmm. That a reporter on national TV, on international TV, Mm -hmm. on the record asked, has the president... Can you guarantee us standing here in the White House behind the podium that we won't hear that tape? Uh, nope. Can't guarantee that. <laughs> that should be a pretty easy thing to guarantee. Mm-hmm. Because you could go to the president and get his personal assurances. Yeah. Did you say it? Because let me tell you, if he had if he had not said it and he could unequivocally say there's no fucking tape. Yeah, guarantee it. Because there is no tape. That's what she would have said. She would have said, fuck yeah, I guarantee it. Donald Trump is a noble man who doesn't use racial epithets like that. No way. Absolutely, I can guarantee it. She didn't. Mm-hmm. She can't guarantee it. Well, it's be- what have we already heard him say on tape? 
So, I mean... I mean, he tweeted today and called her a dog. Yeah, we know the way that he talks because he's pretty open. And he's he's pretty open with his racism as well, that Mexicans are rapists. Um, you know, he... Shithole countries. Yeah, that the judge isn't uh, right. qualified to do the job because of his race. He said the same thing to Don Lemon. Don Lemon alleges that after an interview, Donald Trump said that he is biased because of his race and that he... Um, um, isn't qualified to yeah. be doing the interview. He's incapable of being objective because he's black. Right. And Donald so, Trump. And he has said that about someone with um, another ethnicity. So he has a pattern of saying these things out loud. And imagine how much worse it could be when he thinks he's with friends and that the conversation's not being recorded, that it's private. Yeah. Right? Well, we we know what he does when in those moments he grabs them by the pussy and they let you do it because you're a star well especially with his his company and his father getting in trouble um years back for putting the colored um stamp on applications that's right rental applications for his properties yeah so obviously (laughs) he was raised in an environment where um there was racism. Yeah, absolutely. And so what has he done? What work has he done to undo that? It's, well, Do you think no, he's worked really hard on that? Of course not. You he's think he's attended some seminars? and. What's awesome about this is... Taking and some I, classes. I'm using that phrase very loosely, awesome. It, it is funny, tragic, whatever word you want to use, that still to this day in 2018... People who defend Donald Trump say, well, yeah, he's a real racist. Here's a picture of him with Muhammad Ali. Oh, God. Here's a picture of him with another famous black person. Mm-hmm. Ben Carson, he's in the administration. Yeah. How can Donald Trump be racist? Mm-hmm. He hired a black guy. Yeah. God damn. It's just, it's remarkable. Yeah, did you see that CNN feature of the guy who shot the gun at a black protester in Charlottesville? Yes. And he called him the N-word before shooting the gun at him. And CNN was interviewing him because he has been charged with something. And he said that he doesn't regret it, that he would do it again. And he's clearly a racist, um, this man. He's still a member of the KKK. Yes, and he... (sighs) Gave a terrible explanation for why he used the racial slur uh, during the interview. And then it ended with him, like, going over to this black man's house. And he's friends with this black guy. Like, this this black guy walked his wife down the aisle. The, the KKK guy got married. Yeah, right. And he came to the wedding. And they're friends. And he said, look, I'm not racist. Look at this guy. He came to my wedding. Right. Look, I'm hanging out at his house guys hey cnn are you getting this i'm here at his house prominent member of the kkk and this black dude walked his wife down the aisle to give her away at the wedding in their in their you know greasy dirt yard yeah i no no excuses doesn't fly anymore it's just ridiculous yeah he also used the line i have black friends in the interview he literally said it (laughs) right so it's not a defense. Yeah, it would certainly not. Yeah. I think, you know, his 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 current in good standing membership in the Ku Klux Klan eh, should be a hint. Also, did we say that he used a racial slur and shot at a black man? Yeah. And then the reason he gave was, well, listen, when you're in a crowd of a thousand black people and you want to get one's attention, 
And she goes, well, that there wasn't a thousand black people. Well, I don't know. I don't know how many there were, but there was a lot of them. <sighs> so naturally, <laughs> logically, mm -hmm. it would follow that you have to scream the N-word right. to get someone's attention. Wouldn't that get everyone's attention? I feel like that's not... I think everyone would turn around and be like, wow, who's the racist here? He's another one of these pieces of shit who's super bold when he's got a gun in his hand. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Shooting a gun into a crowd of people at Charlottesville. I anyway. Little tangent, sorry. Uh, we would love, yeah, we would love to hear from you guys what you have to uh, say about this. Uh, 657-464-7609. Email voice memos to idoubted at dollamore.com. I don't want to turn this this week into the Omarosa show. Um, Definitely not, please. But <laughs> but it is topical because there are recordings. I mean, that's really the that's the only reason. And I didn't decide we were going to talk about this until what happened at the press briefing. Mm -hmm. Because I really loathe Omarosa. Because mm -hmm. I'm not going to bow down to Donald Trump. Yeah. So moving on, the other thing is... Um, <laughs> Rudy Giuliani. No. And again, liars. These fucking lying liars who lie, who constantly run their mouths, filthy lies spilling out into the streets everywhere. Rudy Giuliani now backing away from a claim that he made. Shocking. On live television saying what Donald Trump did and didn't do relative to the conversation with James Comey about seeing his way to let um, Michael Flynn off the hook. Do you kind of envy his confidence? I mean, like a little bit. The fact that there's a recording of something that you've said and you're still going all out and saying, no, I didn't say that. Yeah, there's a recording of you. Like, not just audio where you could say, well, I don't know if that's doctored. Is that really me? Yeah. It, there's yeah. like video as well. And the mouth moves with <laughs> the audio. Maybe it was a marionette. Yeah. Just a really, really lifelike marionette. Yeah, it's so strange. <laughs> I, I don't... Um, <laughs> it's beyond gaslighting. People keep using the term gaslighting. It's not even gaslighting. This is just, this is, it's so insulting. And mainly, it doesn't really insult me because I don't believe this jackass to begin with. It's really insulting the intelligence of the MAG Americans across the country who do buy this, who do believe, oh no, he didn't say that. No, that's fake news. Said they wouldn't say it like that, you know. <laughs> no Trump, baby. So Rudy Giuliani, this is him ex explaining that he never discussed Donald Trump, never discussed the Flynn situation with Comey. You, know, you said you said one reason why the president doesn't need to sit for questions about his dealings with Comey is because he's already given his explanations. He's already he's already made them public. I, I just want to be clear exactly. Uh, what happened in that conversation with Comey about Michael Flynn? What exactly did President Trump say? They did, it, there was no conversation about Michael Flynn. Uh, the president didn't find out that Comey believed there was until about, I think it was February when it supposedly took place. Memo came out in May. And in between, uh, Comey testified under oath that in no way had he been ob obstructed at any time. And then all of a sudden in May, he says he felt obstructed. He felt pressured by that comment. Uh, you should go easy on on Flynn. So uh, we we maintain that the president didn't say that. But if we do that under oath, we end up in a sort of Martha Stewart situation. But Mr. Mayor, you said you told ABC News last month that the president told Comey, quote, 
can you give him a break? Now you're saying that they never had. No, I never, I never told ABC that. That's crazy. I mean, I never said that. Well, that is a lie. No, I never, I never told ABC that. That's crazy. I mean, I never said that. On July eighth or ninth of last, last, just last month of this year, not last year, July eighth or ninth, he gave an interview with ABC where he did say that exact thing. J- James Comey had never found any evidence of collusion and rules out obstruction by saying the president had a right to fire me. So um, all the rest of it is just politics. I mean, the, the, the reality is Comey, in some ways, ends up being a good witness for us. Unless you assume they're trying to get him into a perjury trap, by he tells his version, somebody else has a different version. How is he a good witness for the president if, if, if he's saying that the president was asking him, directing him, in his words, to let the Michael Flynn investigation go? He didn't direct him to do that. What he said to him was, can you, can you give Comey him a break? says he took it as direction. Well, that's okay. I mean, taking it that way, I mean, by that time, he had been fired. And uh, he said a lot of other things, some of which have turned out to be untrue. Uh, the reality is, as a prosecutor, I was told that many times. Can you give the man a break? Either by his lawyers, by his relatives, by friends. You take that into consideration. But you know, that doesn't determine that not going forward with it. So let's juxtapose these two things. Well, I, never, I never told ABC that. That's crazy. He didn't direct him to do that. What he said to him was, can you, can you give Comey him a break? says he took it as direction. Well, that's okay. I mean, taking it that way. I mean, by that time, he had been fired. And uh, he said a lot of other things, some of which have turned out to be untrue. Can you give him a break? Can you give him a break? Oh, what? Well, I, never, I never told ABC that. That's crazy. That's crazy. That. So the only thing that would have made that interview with Jake Tapper and Rudy Giuliani perfect is if they had, if they did what, what Jesse D is doing right now. Yeah. Playing the clip right after he denies it. It's crazy. What? They, oh, can we get that clip? Oh. By, by the way, they didn't do that. Yeah, that's yeah, what that's I'm saying. That's not where I got that audio from. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's that's a what that's what needs to happen. You need to be prepared for them to lie and you need to be armed with a clip because what is he gonna come back and say after you play that clip? Well, let's listen to the rest of the interview, which he doesn't do himself any favors. Rudy Giuliani just continues to lie and dig the hole deeper. And let me say this. A lot of this is just for public opinion's sake. This isn't going to help him with Mueller. This isn't going to help him in the court. The actual law. This is li- These are lies. They're obviously lies. And they're not going to fool educated, disinterested um, parties. People who are justice seekers. You told ABC News last month that the president told Comey, quote, can you give him a break? Now you're saying that they never had... I never, I never told ABC that. That's crazy. I mean, I never said that. What I said was, that is what Comey is saying Trump said. I have always said the president denies it. Look, it would be easier for me if the president did say that. Jay and I could defend that. The statement, go easy on him, is hardly an obstruction. Obstruction involves a threat. Obstruction involves uh, uh, false testimony. Obstruction involves an offer of money. Uh, has to be corrupt. Just saying, exercise your prosecutorial discretion to give uh, a general a break. I had that happen all the time to me when I was a prosecutor. So you're saying that President Trump and James Comey never discussed Michael Flynn? That, that is what he will testify to if he's asked that question. They already know that. So why are they asking us for him to repeat what they already know under oath. And you're also saying that, that a month ago you didn't <laughs> but, tell ABC News but, that he pause. said something along the lines of... Of course uh, not. 
why would that be a problem? Right. He's like, why would they ask us to repeat something he's already said? Why do they need to hear it under oath? <laughs> well, why would it be a problem? Why are you guys scrambling and trying to uh, counter the terms? That's exactly right. Shouldn't it not be a big deal? He's Wait, already said it. He's already said it not under oath. Why does he need to be under oath? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> oh, Rudy. Can you give him a break? <laughs> oh, I did not. I said that is what Comey says. That is not, as we just heard, what he said. He didn't direct him to do that. What he said to him was, can you, can you give Comey him a break? Comey says he took it as direction. Well, that's okay. I mean, taking it that way. I mean, by that time, he had been fired. And uh, he said a lot of other things, some of which have turned out to be untrue. So Rudy is saying that Comey took his own statement as direction? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense, buddy. <laughs> You're all over the place. It just doesn't make sense, buddy. It's been a month. Can all you right. can you figure it out? This is why this is why people need to be under oath. Okay? Because you need to get your story straight. Yes. That's the whole point. Yes. <laughs> Quit whining about perjury traps. Just tell the goddamn truth. Yeah. Well, this is why he's worried about perjury traps. Yes. Because of all the different stories. Because they're all lying liars who lie. All right. Let's wrap this up. I will say this, look, I have millions of people on Twitter. It's a lot of people. If somebody can't handle a Twitter account, they can't handle the nuclear company. So we have been talking about Omarosa a little bit, and we have expressed unfavorable opinions about her. Yes. And although we feel that way, I are we uh, we can talk about the tweet that I mentioned earlier. Yes, yeah. I want to read the tweet and I want to have a little bit of a discussion about the tweet. Yes, Donald Trump tweeted, and remember these are official statements put out. That's right from the President of the United States. From the this is a, an official statement from the White House. Yes, when you give a crazed, crying lowlife a break and give her a job at the White House, I guess it just didn't work out. Good work by General Kelly for quickly firing that dog. Dog. He, I mean, look, he called her a dog. Yeah, it's... It, it, I mean, it goes unsaid that it is dehumanized. It's literally dehumanizing language. And this is a pattern for Donald Trump. Yeah. In fact, at the one of the debates, Megyn Kelly, when she asked the question, she talked about his treatment of women, said, you've called women you don't like, pigs, dogs, whatever else. And the crowd laughed as yeah. she was asking her question. Fucking scumbags. And then Donald Trump's response was only Rosie O'Donnell. And then they laughed even and then it, harder. Yes. And that should have really been a sign to me that he could have been elected. Well, I think it, oh, you mean it should have been a sign that that it was over. The Republican Party was going to do the wrong thing. Yeah, because I kept believing this isn't going to happen. This isn't going to happen. That was during the primary. Yeah, yeah. and I kept saying this isn't going to happen. This isn't going to happen. And I listened to that clip again today and I heard the laughter after that comment and after she asked the question, why didn't I understand what was happening here? Yeah, me uh, too, me too. Anyway, so this is disgusting and he talks this way about... Um, minorities he talks this way about women and it is misogynistic it is racist it is it's terrible and and to have it be an official statement yeah. from the president of the united states is really 
uh, disgusting. And people always say, well, when are we going to stop being shocked? I'm happy I'm still feeling a sense of shock. Yes. That it hasn't become normal, that I'm still disgusted when this happens. And I think we need to keep that, please. We owe it to the country to remain outraged. Yeah, because this is not how this is not how things should be done. This is not how he should be talking. So even though we don't like Omarosa, we don't trust her, um, she should not be attacked in this way and talked about in this way, especially from the president of the United States. That's it. It's especially from the president of the United States giving a statement, an official statement from the White House, calling a former employee and right. now private citizen right. a dog. Right. And wacky, crying, crazy person or whatever. Yeah. Donald Trump is a vile, disrespectful man. And it is shocking to me that he still enjoys the 42% approval rating that he has. People are just like during the election... Allowing things like this to not be a deal breaker for them. They're saying, oh, the economy's pretty good. So I'll overlook all that. Men who purport themselves to have integrity and decency, like Paul Ryan, like Jason Chaffetz, the former congressman who, how can I look my daughter in the face? How can I vote for Donald Trump and then look my daughter, my 15-year-old daughter in the face? Fuck them. Cowards. Moral midgets. It's disgusting. This is the president. Unfortunately, that's what we've got. Hopefully not for much longer. All right. Let's wrap. Thank you, guys. We appreciate it. This is a hashtag third episode week. Doing that uh, as a kind of an incentive for those of you who are still on the fence about joining the Patreon family, helping us move the conversation forward episode by episode via your, your small monthly donation to the show through Patreon. You can go to dollamore.com slash Patreon to do that. You can also buy some merch, dollamore.info. You can uh, buy the stickers by going to dollamore.com on the left-hand side of the page. All kinds of ways. You can even rate and review the show or... When this episode is posted, which it'll be right away, go find it on the Facebook page and click like or love or share it, whatever. Interact with that post because it'll push it into other people's news feeds and maybe they'll discover the show. Really, that's a super important way to support the show is turning us on to others who you know, even if it's passively through Facebook tricking their algorithm. <laughs> Once again, we'd love to hear from you. 657-464-7609. Of course, email those voice memos from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We will see you in a day or two. We love you. Appreciate you. For Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. Why doesn't that giraffe have uh, <laughs> spots on it or whatever the fuck Well, we'll are. get there in a second, but... <laughs> <laughs>